Welcome to the Mastering Mindfulness Institute, the place to end self-sabotage and get off the diet roller coaster to finally achieve a life of balance. I'm your host, Gina B. Let's dive in. Hey guys, welcome back. Today we have a very special guest, Brian Ford with Self-Improvement Daily. Welcome, Brian. Thank you so much, Gina. We're going to talk about the three mentality shifts you have to have to start in your pursuit of personal development. So um, Brian Brian has been doing Self-Improvement Daily, and I've been listening to your podcast, and I love it so much Thank because you. you can get these great improvement tips in just two minutes. So I do love podcasts, and sometimes I get really into the ones that are like 30, 40, 60. I mean, I've listened to podcasts that are like four hours long before, but um, we don't all have time for that, and I don't have time to listen to all those all the time. So you can get like a really powerful takeaway with just this two-minute podcast. And so you've had one and a half million downloads. Yeah, and they happen one play at a time. But it helps because this is a daily podcast. I get a bunch of opportunities for a bunch of plays. So it's not as impressive as it sounds, but I'll take it. So since you, the day that you started, have you missed a single day? So, okay, it's not actually self-improvement daily. It's self-improvement week daily for sure. And then also Saturdays and sometimes Sundays. So you can't, can't call it completely daily. But of the, the days of the week, no, I have not missed a single day in a year and a half, a single weekday. Wait, what do you mean self-improvement weekly? Okay, because you think of self-improvement daily, then that's seven days a week. Yeah. But I do self-improvement tips Monday through Friday, uh-huh. and then I do a recap from that week on Saturdays, and then Sunday is just kind of blank, because if you want to listen to the recap again, you can. Okay. But recently, I've been doing interviews on that Sunday, every other Sunday. So now every 14 days, I miss one day. So it's not truly daily, but it's very, very close. Okay, which is probably good, because most people, I'm sure, need a recap of like, what are the tips that I learned this week? Right. And like you said, no one's got time for that. Like, give people a day off. You right. Know? Let's, right. let's I need actually one day imp- off from self-improvement. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Everyone's, everyone gets a cheat day. Oh, yeah. Well, I love um, I love these quick two-minute tips. And so where do you get, like, all of this inspiration? What prompted this self-improvement journey of yours? Yeah. it's uh, Well, I guess the podcast started kind of very randomly. I was just starting as a marketer uh, in – in my career, I was in sales before and I was like, all right, if I'm going to be a marketer, what space should I learn the most about? You know, digital marketing was covered. Pay-per-click was covered. What can I learn the most about? And it ended up being audio. And I'm a big Gary Vee fan and Gary Vee is all about audio. So I was like, all right, let me pick this up and ride with it. So that's when I started the audio journey. Um, and that's when the podcast was formed. But I chose personal development for a few selfish reasons, actually. I was like, well, if I'm going to be creating content and learning in audio, I might as well create content on something that actually benefits me. So what can benefit you more than personal development? So I already had my goal sheets, my rituals and my little nuances that, you know, people think I'm crazy for, but just my routines that I really enjoy. And I already had those in place. I was like, all right, let me just formalize these, share them with the world and kind of see what happens. And that's when self-improvement daily was born. And that's when my real pursuit of my own personal development was born too, because it held me accountable to trying new things within the personal development world and really educating myself on the latest practices and even opinions that were different than mine, just mm-hmm. to really understand what was out there. Mm-hmm. So it's been a total blessing in disguise because I have grown so much as an individual just because I created the podcast, let alone 
the network and the growth that I've experienced on the professional side, I mean, 95% of what I've benefited from is all on the personal side. And that's the truest form of personal development. Super mm -hmm. stoked. So it's kind of pushing you outside of that comfort zone to keep like pursuing more personal development because you now have this audience that's like, okay, I'm waiting for more. I'm fetching for more personal development. Yeah. Well, that's actually such a good point because personal development is meant to occur outside of your comfort zone. And just the very act of being a curator of personal development education has forced me out of my comfort zone to try things that I otherwise never would do that have been totally amazing in my life. You know, like I meditate every single day. And before I was like, oh, this is just for hippies and yogis and right. not for me. Like, how could this benefit me? And then I actually tried it because I was out of my comfort zone. I had to just to kind of be diligent about the resource I was providing. And the same thing with cold showers. I shared a tip about, oh man, it's really important to, uh, to have cold showers because then you wake up your system, you get your sympathetic nervous system activated and you're just ready to go for the day. And, you know, I mean, I forget kind of the real science behind it, but the important part was I shared the tip and then the next time I was in a shower, I was like, oh crap. Held <laughs> <laughs> you accountable. Yep. And I, I turned it on cold and I was like, I hate myself, but I love myself, you know, because that's just something that really put me out of my comfort zone was just the accountability that I had to creating content and practicing what I preach. Mm -hmm. What other crazy things have you done? Well, I mean, I wouldn't say it's as crazy. I mean, I do, I do try random things that don't always work out. Um, some other things I've added are like gratitude journaling and making oh, yeah. sure that that's part of my uh, morning ritual. Um, trying to think of like the craziest thing. It's just a lot of what I share are kind of like interpersonal communication tips. So how can you relate better with people? And I just kind of experiment socially sometimes and um, create awkward or uncomfortable situations just because I'm trying new things out. And if it doesn't work for me, then I share that on the podcast and I'm like, Hey, maybe it'll work better for you, but this is my little case study on it. And you know, it didn't work great. So, um, but I'd say all in all, like most of the things that I've tried out, I've been really impressed with the value it's delivered. And I just continue layering on kind of new personal development practices. Yeah. I mean, what I like is that you do give a tip that is so easy to just have a mindset shift. That's Something so easy, but it makes such a huge difference. And that's really what we need. Sometimes you get all this inundated with all this information. You're like, oh my God, now I'm so overwhelmed. What do I do? Versus just, can I get one mindset shift to influence like the rest of my day? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or and that's something that you remember. That's why, that's why I think the two minute format is so good is because like you said, it, it can get overwhelming. Like there's so much out there. There's so much to focus on, but in having it kind of this bite-sized format, you can just really digest the message super quick. And then every single time I include a call to action at the end. So if you're moved by it or if it resonates, you know, in some particular way, then you can actually be like, okay, what's the next step in implementing this? So I, I really do have it formatted so that you can kind of pick and choose the stuff that you agree with or the stuff that you want to try. Mm -hmm. And there's no shortage of ideas because it's coming out, like we said, just about every day, something new. Uh, so if one thing's not for you, then you wait for the next day and then maybe that's for you. And then you take action on the call yeah. to action. And I mean, that's just kind of what it's about. It's taking the first step forward. You're not going to make any progress without taking that first step. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people are intimidated by their journey and taking that first step forward. They're a little intimidated by maybe self-improvement or all the things that come with it. Like, oh my gosh, I'm hearing all these things. I need to meditate. I need to cold shower. I need to intermittent fast. I need to eat this superfood, make that smoothie, make that <laughs> juice, make do all the things. Um, and sometimes it, I think it, just one small step forward can make a big difference. And how has this personal improvement journey 
made a difference to you or why should other people, you know, take that step forward? Yeah, I, I think you're right. I haven't really thought about it, but I think personal development kind of gets a bad rep sometimes just being like, oh, it's this esoteric something that we need to pursue. It's our obligation to ourselves. But I mean, you can also frame it kind of as self-care, you know, it's just like understanding what's best for you. And just because someone suggests that you do cold showers doesn't mean it's right for you. You know, so there's a lot of pressure to fit in the box of, okay, this is what people that are experiencing personal development do. This is the way that they are. And it's not as cookie cutter as that, as that sounds, you know, it really is personalized. And I think realizing that you can dissociate some of the pressure of the action away from yourself, then you can begin taking action on the things that are actually beneficial to you. Hmm. So it is that separation a little bit between, okay, this is the expectation of personal development. And this is the realistic implementation that fits within my own life. And once you can create that separation, it makes the task a little less daunting. Yeah. I think goal setting too can give us like so many benefits, even if it's just a small thing, not being overwhelmed with so many, but like even just one small achievable goal, it's amazing how much that like fills your cup back up again. You know, your daily energy, your daily cup of like, yes, I made an achievement. And one of my favorite authors is Matthew Kelly. And he says, Goals flood our lives with passion and purpose. And I really feel that way that like if I'm not setting a goal, I don't feel like I'm re-energizing myself or any sort of self-improvement or something good for myself. Like that really floods my life with like passion and purpose. Yeah. And that's, I mean, something that's really stood out to me and a tactic that ever since I heard it for the first time, I've incorporated in my life just because it makes so much sense. But it's Admiral William McRaven's commencement speech at the University of Texas. He was a Navy SEAL and he talked about the 10 things that he learned in in SEAL training that apply to life. And the first tip, and it's all about, so it's a commencement speech. So how are we going to change the world? You know, we're graduating. This is a big deal. And the first tip that he stated was make your bed. Because if you make your bed, then you complete successfully the first task of the day. And when you do that, then you build momentum that then allows you to pursue the other opportunities in the day. And before you know it, you have a lot of momentum built up that's going to help you as your day progresses. And it just, it, like, you, like you were mentioning, it's just, it's so simple to say yes to succeeding first and just kind of like making that first decision the right, the right choice, basically. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, his other nine tips are equally inspiring and kind of a very interesting um, and relatable way of how SEALs training kind of prepare you for life in general. But I think it just goes to show whatever level you're at, like, you need to be on your own team, like set yourself up for success by winning first thing in the day. Like we don't need to be our biggest enemy. We should be our biggest uh, friend. Yeah. I love that. Cause a lot of people are at that push pull. So I do want to dive into your big three mentality shifts uh, that you need to have in your pursuit of personal development. Cause I know there's a lot of different things that you cover, but these are some really big ones that are such profound takeaways. I know you've done a TED talk before that was fantastic um, about some of these things. So let's start, just jump into it, the three mentality shifts on your pursuit to personal development. And let's hop in. What's the first one? Yeah. So the first one is identity. So if you want to really bring about a change in your life, you have to believe it. You know, you have to want it for yourself. And then it's, it's taken a step further than that too. So, okay, you're capable of it. That's kind of the first step but then really seeing that as the person that you are. And that's what identity really is. It's like, who, who am I? What am I made up of? And how does that realistically demonstrate itself in life? And one of my favorite books, what really got me into this whole idea of identity being that powerful 
was Atomic Habits by James Clear. Hmm. And what he talks about is that your motivation lies in who you are. So if you really want to pursue something, you can convince yourself all you want, but it's not going to be as effective if you become that person and you believe that you are that person. So, I mean, there are easy ways to kind of trick your mindset into identifying with something. And that's kind of what he goes on about in the book. The first one is, let's say you want to run a marathon. Actually, no, let's do one that I actually added for myself in my own life. Okay. So uh, one thing that I wanted to do and kind of as my civic duty of being an educator in personal development is I wanted to read more books. It's important to educate yourself. And I talk about many books and I talk about education, how important it is. But I didn't feel like I was a reader. You know, I grew up actually kind of with issues with reading comprehension. I was always a good student, but for whatever reason, that was just my sore subject. And that kind of just continued to translate in my life as I moved on um, until not too long ago when I implemented this change. But I kind of had that hurdle in my mind that I identified as someone who struggled at reading. So then that discouraged me from reading more often. But what I did was I implemented James Clear for, Clear's first tip, which is, to make the act easy. And once you make something easy, then you actually, like we said, are taking the first step and you're more likely to start it. I like that. So what I did to identify as a reader was I told myself, I'm going to read two pages every night. And kind of consensus right now in the neurobiological world is if you can do something for three weeks in a row, then it becomes a habit. Mm -hmm. So I did it two, two pages at least every single night for three weeks. And now it's part of my nightly routine and I can't go to bed without opening a book. I remember you posting about that and I love that tip. It reminded me of, um, I was telling one of my friends that I really wanted to wake up at 5 a.m. And like one day I would do it, another day I wouldn't. I was like, I just can't be that person that wakes up at 5 a.m. One mm -hmm. day it was at five, one day it was at six, one day it was at 4.30, the next day it was at eight or whatever, all over the place. And one of my friends was like, whoa, 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 quit doing that to yourself. Set your alarm clock back, make it easy for yourself. Say the same thing, make it easy for yourself. Set your alarm clock back two minutes earlier every few nights. Mm -hmm. And your brain will never get that alarm of like, oh my gosh, warning sign, we're doing something that's way out of the ordinary that we can't do. It was just two minutes, two minutes, two minutes, and gradually getting closer to that 5 a.m. And it helps so much. Right. And that's, I mean, that's kind of the spirit of personal development is incremental change. And we'll talk about this in one of the future mental hacks that we're yeah. getting into, but just incremental change and consistent change is something that is super powerful in actually bringing about those differences that you're trying to make. And, and then a great way to kind of bring it full circle with identity, something that I love talking about is the difference between saying that you can't do something and saying that you don't do something. So if someone has a fetish for fast food, you know, and let's say that you're out, maybe You've had a couple drinks and your guard's down a little bit, you know, your, the mental barriers that you usually have that keep you accountable to your diet and the, the previous things that you prioritize because we all have those decisions, but sometimes we fluctuate and that's okay. But let's say that you're kind of in that scenario when you're mentally weak, your friend asks you, Hey, let's get some fast food. I'd love some McDonald's fries. And what is your answer? If you say, Oh man, I can't have McDonald's right now. That deprivation mindset. Yep. Yeah. So you're, you're kind of answering it in a way that you're setting yourself up to be convinced being like oh i can't really why can't you you know there's kind of a second question in it mm -hmm. but then if you answer like no i don't eat fries how can you argue against that it's like it's against what you do there's no room for interpretation it's very this is the way it is and that is my statement and i have decided mm -hmm. so not only externally having that conversation with others who might 
be encouraging you to do something that's against your morals or ethics, yeah. so to speak. Um, but also having that internal conversation of like, okay, this is not something I do. And kind of as you're talking about with waking up, another change that I made, how I identified, I told myself, I do not snooze. Like I never snooze. It does not happen. It's not something in my vocabulary. It will not happen. So at the very least, if I want to snooze and if I want to go back to sleep, because it happens, I'm human, but I identify as never snoozing. So what I do is I keep my phone far enough away from my bed so that to turn off the alarm, I actually have to get up and go and swipe it. But at that point, the way that I classify it is like, okay, I got out of bed. I'm not snoozing. I'm setting a new alarm and, right. and I'm getting back in bed. So it's not, it's never the act of snoozing that I do. It is that I've made a decision to get more sleep. So it's also empowering yourself in your identity. And so I like that distinction between I can't and I don't because it's I a totally that. different way to speak to yourself. Totally. I love that. A long time ago, my sister had said to me, she's like, well, what if I, um, you know, being strong in your identity with what you do and what you don't do, she said, what if I offered you a cigarette? What would you say? You're like, no, I don't smoke. Mm -hmm. I don't smoke. That's just who I am. I don't smoke. And I wouldn't think twice about it. And they'd be like, okay, firm, done. So why don't you treat your habits, your other habits that way, or your health, or your eating? Of no, I I don't eat that. Right. Versus like oh oh I can't I shouldn't I don't want to do. And there's all this vagueness. It's like becoming firm in who you want to be and saying I don't smoke. I'm not a smoker. I I just don't eat that. That's not what I do. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and there's an element to discipline in that. Mm -hmm. You know, actually being able to stick to your intention of I do not do this. And like right. I said. I do go back to sleep. I don't snooze, but I do go back to sleep when I'm tired of my, but what it does is like, I know that I identify with it and like, there needs to be a really good reason to break that intention. Mm -hmm. um, so, and, and that's another important part of it too, is like, again, with just the reputation of personal development, like you, like it's personal development because you're human, you know, you're not, it's not robot development, right? Like you need to have some kind of personal, like human touch to it and like being fair with yourself and understanding the reasons behind some of the lapses that you have is just as equally important as the identity because mm -hmm. you, you need to, again, just be your biggest fan. So when it comes to I can't and I don't, definitely try and stick with the I don't, but don't beat yourself up about it. Be like, okay, it happened. I understand. I can learn from it moving forward, but now I still don't. And then you just kind of revert back to that conviction that is so important with your identity. I love the be your biggest fan. Yeah. I love that because in personal development, it's easy to be like really hard on yourself when you're trying to do these things. I know like, you know, I, I've been there of being so hard on yourself and when you're trying to keep up with everybody else who's all into personal development until yeah, you start being your biggest fan and cheering yourself on, you realize how much more effective that is. Yeah. It's just set yourself up to win. Like yeah. what I do on my goal sheet, because yes, I have daily goal sheets that I track, you know, I'm the full, <laughs> the full personal development nerd. You're looking at it. But what I do on my goal sheet is like I said, I don't snooze. And on my goal sheet, I track, did I, well, first of all, I track the positive. Did I wake up without snoozing my alarm? Because I want to reward myself instead of provide consequences on myself. So it's again, the language that you're telling yourself, you're like, oh yes, I'm going to reward myself for waking up on time. You know, that's just another kind of way that you can interpret it. But on this goal sheet, there are seven days in a week and I don't want to sneeze. I don't want to snooze. And I, I do not snooze any days of the week. So I give myself one point for each of those seven days. But my goal within that category is five because I want to set myself up to win. So if I do 
laps twice, even though it's not acceptable for me. But if for some crazy reason I do, then I still am like, okay, I won because I just wanted to do it five times, you know? So it's really being your biggest fan. And like the reason that goal sheets go aside so often is because you fail. Right. So like, why wouldn't you just set goals that you want to hold yourself accountable to that you think that you believe you can achieve. And then if you really do want to create that improvement or that kind of incremental growth and whatever that is, then sure. The next week add to, or like you said, take two minutes off of your wake up time, do it small in small doses because that's the change that's possible, but don't do it all at once because it's just, you're just setting yourself up for failure and then you're going to quit. And then, then where are you? So I'm not going to lie. I've seen your goal planning sheet before (laughs) to me. I hope so. I asked you to look at it. I know. I saw it. That's a lot for me. I'm not even quite there yet with all of the things that you're checking on, monitoring every day. I'm all about reviewing my goals, but holy smokes, you have a goal sheet. Was it built? Did you gradually build on it or were you just kind of like, this is built in me. I'm ready to just go full force with a big goal sheet. No, I've been doing it for, well, it's been since this new year is this new goal sheet where it's like the really intense one that you were looking at, which is an Excel document with a bunch of different goals. Do you share it with people? Oh yeah. Yeah. Accountability is huge. Yeah. Okay. So how, how do, let's say people want to get a go- oh, gosh. good laid out goal sheet, how can they get access to it? Yes. Okay. Well, people can reach out to me at selfimprovementdailytips at gmail.com. I can okay. forward you the template because I, okay. I have some people that um, are enjoying the template and using yeah. it. Um, yeah. So yeah, we can okay. do that, of course. But the, the way that the goal sheet built into the behemoth that it is now is I added it one at a time. And since it's been so much time since I've started and adding these new goals, then of course it's going to grow in size. But what happened also is once I'm three weeks into the previous goal that I set, it's no longer that difficult of a goal because I'm in that habit. So it looks, and it's also kind of like telling myself like I'm a beast for doing all these things. But in reality, like I don't have to take myself out of the way to do the habits that I've already worked on. So I'm still rewarding myself for accomplishing them and they're still active and visible in the goal sheet but they're not a point of emphasis like they used to be because they're just on autopilot. And that's the real benefit as we're going to get into with the next pillar is that, that you need to do these frequently and that they need to turn into a habit in order to get the real benefits from them at the end of the day. So number one was your identity, like establishing that identity of who you are or or moving towards who who you're moving to be. And number two Right. Yeah. So I've, I've said everything except for the word it's consistency. Consistency. Yeah. So you need, yeah, yeah. I was trying to hide it for whatever reason, but yeah. So just, it's about being consistent and point one with identity. I talked about the book atomic habits by James clear point two with consistency. It's all about the book, the compound effect by Darren Hardy. This is, Mm -hmm. this is the book that really opened my eyes to what practical personal development looks like. And basically you know, for anything to compound, you think of compound interest, it starts small, then over time, the little gain that you have then multiplies on itself and multiplies on itself until you have a large number that's multiplying and it just kind of accelerates exponentially. That's what compounding is. Yeah. And you can do the same with your habits. If you start small and you do it consistently, over time, those little consistencies are going to build into bigger habits that are going to serve you even more. And eventually you're going to be in a totally new place and benefiting from a large habit you never thought you'd be able to incorporate, but you did so because you were consistently doing it on a small level. I just noticed it with my clients. They are far more successful when they really just laser focus in on one or two things that they really want to work on, 
keep doing it over and over and over again before they build on the next thing versus some clients that come in they're like, here's all the things I want to accomplish, throw it all at me, my food, my exercise, what I'm drinking, what I'm eating, my breakfast, my snacks, how I'm eating, my mindfulness, like they want to take on the world and then it lasts, what, like a week, you know, right. they're just constantly with this battle. So I've seen that huge with people that I work with. Yeah. That's all about being your best, your, your own best friend again, you know, just like, why would you take on something that you're not capable of? Like we all have a fixed bandwidth and sure we can work on being more efficient, but it's not going to happen overnight. And that's yeah. again, where consistency comes in because consistency is your test and your testament to raising the bar and stepping outside of your comfort zone each time. And when you do step outside your comfort zone, that's when you experience growth. And with growth, you have a new capacity. Mm -hmm. So it all kind of ties into this nice formula. But the real driver of the entire process is that consistent commitment to doing what you wanted to do. And let that habit grow and foster and compound into where it's meant to be. So how do you think you know when you're ready to take on something else? <clears throat> wow, that is a very good question. I think you got to trust your own instincts. I mean, it's, it's, it's something, I mean, like human potential and human capability is such a difficult thing to quantify. You know, I mean, that's, that is my biggest motivator within personal development is pursuing my fullest potential just to see what that really is. Um, I think it's when you stop feeling challenged because growth experience, you experience growth when you're out of your comfort zone and being out of your comfort zone is challenging. So when you start getting complacent, starting to settle back in, that's when you know it's time for something new because you because you want to reach, right? That's what that's what this is about is kind of that mental challenge of reaching into the next frontier, seeing what you're made of and seeing who you could be. Yeah. Um, but it's not about uprooting yourself. Like you're you're more than everyone, you're more than enough the way that you are, right? These are just improvements in in areas that you see that you could be doing a little more or be a little more efficient or connect better with yourself or others, you know, like it's not mandatory that you make any change to yourself, but yeah. it's a new world that opens up and uh, a new capability that does if you try it, you know, and with trial and error comes failure and it's challenging to experience failure. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of where it comes back to is just being out of your comfort zone. And if you really are a true practitioner of personal development, then you've got to put yourself out of your comfort zone because yeah. it's not going to happen unless you're uncomfortable. So that, that. that'd be my answer. I guess like, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. One of, one of my uh, mentors it would always say to me, we're not changing you. We're not, we're not We don't have to change anything, but it's not like we're changing a broken window. We're cleaning it up and letting the, that light shine through, Beautiful. We're just cleaning it more and more and more cleaning up the window. And that took off so much pressure off me of like, Oh, have I changed? Have I not? Mm -hmm. What have I done? And you know, so I love what, what you said about like, we're, we're not changing you. We're just, we're making it better. Right. <laughs> I know. We're, we're clearing up the window. We're like yeah. letting more light come through and, yeah, I, it takes off so much pressure of like, have I changed? Have I not? It's like, oh, it's already in there. We're just seeing it better and bringing it out. Totally. And I mean, that just hits on the most difficult part of personal development, which is how do you measure it? You know, because these changes, they aren't perceptible. You know, like if you talk, like maybe in the example of, okay, two minutes earlier waking up every single day, like, sure, you can notice, but like, is... 12 minutes of sleep after six days really going to be that difference you're looking for? No, like it's really hard to measure personal development. When the goals are larger, when that identity grows, it gets really tough to figure out exactly what you've accomplished in the time that you've dedicated toward it. 
And that's again, why consistency is so important because it is completely blind to measurement. It is just a commitment and a conviction. And okay, this is something that I do. You know, it's not, it's, it's just knowing that it's going to serve you regardless of if you can observe it in the moment or not. And, and that's, that's the core of the issues along with setting too ambitious of goals in personal development. It's also, once you do have those goals, how do you measure them and how do you experience the success within them? Or if you are actually uh, performing well within them, because yeah, I mean, those are probably the two primary objections because people, people struggle mm-hmm. um, if you don't have those two things figured out. And it comes down to having the right mindset when approaching personal development. Yeah, because I, what I've noticed is a lot of people think that they're struggling, like they are going through these highs and lows and they, they get really down on themselves like, oh, I've been do- working at this for so long and I haven't really changed because they might not have that concrete measurement. But then if they have something like journaling or some other way to like look back, they're actually surprised at like, wow, okay, I've actually come a really long ways and I didn't really realize it and don't give themselves enough credit that's, for that consistency they didn't even notice that they've had. Right. And just also, that's such a good point. It reminds me. So just understanding that life goes on and that time yeah. passes and if you're with it or not, like it's going either way. And something that I do, and again, kind of the weird quirks, nuances that I do is for the last four years, I have written in The Happiness Project by Gretchen Rubin, which is kind of a diary of what did you do the current day? And something that I love doing is going back in the current day and seeing what I did one year ago, two years ago, three years ago, and just being able to witness like, holy crap, that's who I was. And I thought that was important. And this is the state, that was the state of my life. And I thought I would, you know, and I was in the right place then and look at me now, you know, like that is a very powerful way to measure it. So yes, I would encourage people to document whether or not you think it's working just to document it. And that goes back into my goal sheets too. Like I have all of those categories and there were times when I was like really gung ho on a new habit be like, okay, like I'm going to read at night. Like I was like, I was reading like I read two books in two weeks, you know, like I was like gung ho on it and I really took off with it. And I wrote that down as my wins of the week. You're like, oh, I finished a book this week. I finished a book the next week. You know, it's like being able to reflect on that and seeing, wow, like this is working. I'm making progress. I can measure this. But that measurement takes so much time because anything that builds takes time. You know, Rome wasn't built in a day. No one is an overnight success. It's the tip of the iceberg. I can use all the metaphors that you've heard throughout anyone's life, but it all comes down to achieving those large growth or those large moments of progress through daily consistency. Pillar number two. All right, number two. And what's number three? Yeah, so number three is having an abundance mindset. And this is uh, something I've only come to realize recently. I'm, for those who believe in the law of attraction and abundance, you know, this is something that's really opened up my world. And I mean, that's what abundance is about. But basically understanding that the resources and the success and the joy and love everything that we are experiencing in life, there is more than enough to go around. So you are no longer competing with other people. You are really fighting against yourself, right? I, would, I should say working with yourself. Again, the, the vocabulary you choose. You're yeah. working with yourself to tap into all of the things that life has to offer you. So instead of coming from a scarcity mindset, which is like fear and anger and despair and insecurity, you know, those, those are more that, oh, there's a finite amount of resources. I need to grab mine while I can. That's, that's a one way that people start going down the wrong path because they think that they think that the world is finite and they think that they need to grab quick and do it now. And, and that's not the right approach. Life is a long process and 
I don't know if I, I've, I've continued to be impressed by how much life has to offer. And I continue to ask the universe for different things and it just keeps on delivering. So the day that there's no longer resources for me to benefit from, then maybe I won't be a proponent of this so far, but so far the world has been so abundant and an abundance exists not only in your, your, the resources and like the income, you know, a lot of people like want finances. They think of like, Oh, I want money, but, um, Everything in your life is comprehensive. So believing that your relationship and the joy you find in your relationship is abundant to the opportunities of entertainment and understanding that like, oh yeah, I can, I can splurge on this or I can enjoy this. And I, you know, I, I don't have to think about this ticking off my meter of not having enough. You know, like there are, there are so many different ways to think about abundance, but usually it's financial. And just once you understand and open up your mind to it being all around you and everything that you do, that there's more than enough of everything. That's when you tap into everything that the world has to deliver for you. And it does deliver. Well, I noticed that like um, a lot of, even just with my clients, when they're, th when they have a scarcity mindset about food, mm -hmm. that triggers like this push pull oh i have a scarcity mindset i have it now i might not have it tomorrow like this fear base and when they have this mindset of i'm always taken care of i always have plenty of food i can always have what i want anytime that i can it's like a breath of fresh air and a lot of that stress anxiety like dissolves and goes away mm -hmm. so that's kind of interesting that that's a huge um big pillar color for you right. so for people who do just naturally they've always had this fear-based mindset or, or tends to be more negative or don't have that abundance mindset like what's the first step that you can take to start moving towards that shift yeah you need to tap into your own inner potential and i think the best way to do that is meditation hmm. so when you gain center you gain clarity on who you are what you want you kind of silence the noise around you and you can just really focus on yourself and your own needs. Then that's when you can start seeing the way that the world can deliver and satisfy on those needs. And then again, stepping out of your comfort zone, you ask the universe for more and maybe you meditate more often or you add affirmations, you, you know, you kind of start really fostering this environment of receiving and being willing to receive. Then the world will provide more because, you know, it's just kind of raising your vibration. That's something that's talked about a lot in the law of attraction mm -hmm. is the energy that you put out and how you are capable of experiencing only things that vibrate equal to or less than yourself. So the higher you vibrate, the more you gain access to and the more you can notice. So raising your vibration by believing that you're at that level and by accessing that level through meditation and other self-care exercises is the tide that raises all ships when it comes to the energy that's being delivered into your life. Wow. Yeah. Does that make sense? I think so. <laughs> is this what um, led to the development of your TED Talk? Like, go into that, like the doing it for the story, opening up these abundant opportunities. Like, yeah. jump into that because that was great. Sure. So, indirectly, it did. So, the TED Talk was before my real understanding of the law of attraction. I'm only probably four months into learning about the law of attraction. So I'm not the right person to like talk about the details. That's just kind of my uh, take on it from what I can understand. But the law of attraction was at play without me knowing it. And that's the thing with these vibrations too. If you talk about law of attraction and your vibrations, the energy, the frequencies you're vibrating at, they are being put off regardless if you're controlling them. So if you are in that fear-based scarcity mindset, mm -hmm. then you are projecting fear and scarcity and the universe is going to recognize that and bring more of that to you. So that's, that's how the law of attraction can work both on the positive and on the negative side. Mm -hmm. 
But when it comes to do it for the story, do it for the story is about putting yourself in uncomfortable situations, not knowing what the outcome is and stepping out of your comfort zone and being in the right mentality to just say yes to anything that happens. In the TED Talk, I even mention it's just like the movie Yes Man with Jim Carrey. You know, it's I like, love it. It's one of my favorite movies. Yeah, it's one amazing. And it's powerful because because yes. no, that is manifestation in progress. The law of attraction creates manifestation. And the Yes Man is manifestation in progress, kind of like this divine path that kind of unlays in front of you because yeah. you are choosing to say yes to it. That movie changed my life. I saw that movie and I almost cried because I was like, oh my God, I'm a no man. <laughs> I literally was just ready to be like, no, 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 uh, no, yeah. uh, no, I don't think I'm going to. Like, I was just so ready to say no. Mm -hmm. And then I saw the movie and I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I'm Jim Carrey in the beginning yeah. where I'm like lying about where I'm at, picking out movies at the store, just, <laughs> you know, <laughs> chilling on my couch. And then I was like, I have to be. I have to force myself to become a yes man. Yeah. It, it legitimately changed my life. Like that was huge. For yeah, me. it is huge. And I, I, so I didn't take that lesson from it. I didn't. I didn't have the poise to actually take the lesson and be like, oh wow, does this apply to me? I was like, oh, I love Jim Carrey. He's funny. <laughs> um, but another movie that really kind of represents that same transformation is The Secret Life of Walter Mitty mm -hmm. with uh, Ben Stiller. Yes. Yeah. It's the same thing where he's in his job and he's unhappy and then he gets called to go to Iceland and deliver something. I don't remember, but just like he started saying yes to life and then he meets someone and he's happier and he's experiencing, he's living. You know, that's what this is about. It's just like really pulling out the life that's inside of you. And that's kind of what the law of attraction does. But so with the TED Talk and do it for the story. So it's the same thing where you step into these situations ready for opportunities to come. So very naturally, you're just raising your vibration and you're asking the world to deliver. And what I've found in my life is that in these opportunities, when I say yes to doing it for the story with the sole intention of seeing what happens, like I'm literally, when I go for the story, I'm like, who knows what this can turn into? And it's like, if I can spoil some of the Ted talk, but there are some really profound things that have happened in my life because I did it for the story. Um, that that's all about just raising your vibration and the world delivering and, and being ready to say yes to those opportunities. It's uh, it's, it's been a really, amazing experience having having the law of attraction work in my favor without me trying to you know it's it's been really special yeah i think that short title has actually since you told me about that like it's really stuck in my head that when i'm on the fence i'm like eh, should i go to this thing i don't know anybody do i really want to connect with people right now do i feel like talking to people right now and then i hear that like do it for the story and i'm like okay let's see what happens and nine times nine and a half times out of ten something really amazing comes from it and i have huge growth from it totally so that was just awesome i love that you yeah. gave a talk about that yeah and and going back to the pillar three which is abundance so do it for the story by nature defines abundance because you are so willing and accepting of what the world has to offer you know that there's more that you can't tap into and you're almost surrendering to like, all right, world, you know what's best for me in this moment, bring it on, you know? So it's like, there is this very, very strong aura of abundance built into do it for the story that, you know, I guess I've been manifesting ever since I started in high school and kind of to come full circle. The reason that it means so much to me now is it started uh, with my best friend in high school, his name's Dan. And we just kind of were holding each other accountable to like, yes, do it for the story, put ourselves out there. Let's start living. You know, we're going through the motions. Let's start living. And then we started doing some really random and corny things like going to the mall in our Halloween costumes and going to coffee shops dressed up like really artsy people because we wanted to stand out, you know, just being 
dumb high schoolers, which was fun. But like, is there really a manifestation or benefit that came out of that? No, but kind of at the end of it. So what happens is Dan actually passed away about four years ago. And this is the legacy that lives on within me and everything that Dan has encouraged me to be. And all of this other manifestation and success that's come from Do It For The Story, which I mean, the reason that I have a podcast that has a million and a half downloads Mm -hmm. is because of a path that all started because I said yes to doing something for the story. So it's a very intentional plan that I didn't have vision into. And it's a path I wouldn't have been on had it not been for his influence and everything that he's encouraged me to do in my life. Well, I can't imagine all the crazy stories that you've done. (laughs) You've done it for the story that you're, you're... Girlfriend Irene has had to put up with over the years. <laughs> I know. Yeah. yeah, she's my biggest fan when it comes to... <laughs> she's like, okay, that was an interesting story, Brian. <laughs> I know. Yeah, no, it's a good partnership because, yeah, you got to make it work. You got to... That's the thing, too, is when when you're saying yes to life, I mean, life is better shared, you know? So, and do it for the story by nature involves that you're going to share it with someone. You know, you're going to share the experience and the story isn't meant to be told to yourself. It's meant to be told to other people. And it's not the social media story you know it is the the story that affected you and moved you and can also do that to someone else so yeah you're right the nature of do it for the story is that it should be shared whether it's the experience or the message i love it okay so the three mentality shifts is number one the identity Mm -hmm. right believing believing in who you are and your values and Um, number two, consistency, a lot of that goal setting and goal tracking, Mm -hmm. right? The small habits that we build on that we track and we follow. And then the abundance mindset, just being open to that, to that growth and putting yourself in uncomfortable situations for that growth. Did I, did I miss any main, main points there? Nope. You can teach it. Go on and spread my gospel, (laughs) Gina. (laughs) You will be known for a long time for those, those three mentality shifts. And I think those are all things that people can start doing like right away, like right now. Okay. Right. I can do all of that. So, um, to keep staying inspired and, and learn more about you and maybe getting some of those daily tips, mm-hmm. how can people find you? Yeah. So I guess specifically, um, as we're going through those three different tips. So first action for identity would be to read atomic habits by James clear. Mm. I realize not everyone has time for that as the kids say, so I, I did have, um, I did have a, a week of my podcast dedicated to the book, and there's one episode up that is a summary of the four main points. So if you want an at-glance vision into um, what identity means, then you can listen to that episode. I also talk a lot, number two, about consistency and the compound effect on the podcast. So if you want to go in and search through and find stuff that references Darren Hardy and the compound effect... And that's a great way to learn about it or read the book. It's actually a short book and it's very easy to read. Um, So that's something I'd suggest. And then three, in abundance mentality, I had an interview with a woman named Danielle Grant who um, has educated herself on the law of attraction and abundance. And she's been extremely effective in communicating that. So that is is definitely an interview. That'd be a great resource if you're curious in the law of attraction. If not that, then uh, David Meltzer is a professional that talks a lot about the law of attraction and raising your vibration and how abundance exists around us if we tap into it. Okay. So self-improvement daily podcast is on what platforms? It's anywhere you're looking. So it's on Spotify and Apple podcast are the two primary, but it's also on Google play. It's on Stitcher, Podbean, 
Wow. It's all over the place. We've had one half million downloads, so we know it's going to be good. Yeah, I'm hoping so. <laughs> okay, and one more time, that goal sheet that you promised that you would share if anyone yeah. is wanting a little a template. Sure, yeah. So email me directly. Um, I always say, like, we speak, but when you talk to Self-Improvement Daily, it's me for everything. So you can email me at selfimprovementdailytips at gmail.com. Cool, great. And I sometimes catch you, your tips on Instagram and you're on there too, right? Self-improvement daily. Yeah. Self.improvement.daily. Yeah. So that's the kind of, if you want the at a glance picture of what's Brian talking about today, yeah. then I kind of consolidate the main point in an Instagram post. And uh, yeah, that's another great way to follow. I usually see your Instagrams pop up first and I'm like, oh, that looks like what a good one. I want to go check in on and listen. <laughs> Perfect. And, you know, check out the stories. And then sometimes we can get you to do uh a live video or something that I barely catch you. So <laughs> I keep an eye out for that too. So thanks so much. You keep inspiring me like every day. So I hope your daily tips will keep coming out for many years until I'm 80. And I'm <laughs> like, oh, let's see what Brian's got on today. So yeah. thanks for jumping on. No, thank you, Gina. This is super fun and can't wait to share it. All right. Well, there you have it, the three mentality shifts when you're starting the pursuit of personal development. If you like this episode, make sure you subscribe and leave me a message, your takeaways, what you liked about it, what resonated with you, and I'll see you guys soon.